Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. For the next several episodes, we'll be sharing conversations we've had at ADAPT, ASTE, and the Tools Conference. First up is our conversation with industry veteran and regular podcast contributor, Brian Pollock, and a man that needs no introduction, Paul Danner of ScannerDanner.com. Before we get started, make sure you have this podcast set to automatically download because you're not going to want to miss these conversations. And make sure you check out our newest content on YouTube. And now, here we go. I hear you're wore out. I'm tired, man. Me too. Yeah, I'm tired. Me too. This is show three for me yeah. in the last two weeks. Yeah. I'm like, I can imagine. But, you yeah. know, hey, the last one, though, there was no hurricane. Yeah. Right? And that was pretty nice. That was, right? that was something. Uh, coming back from the ASOG dinner last night was intense. It was. You know, I was soaking wet, drenched. He didn't slow down any. That would have been the sensible thing to do. He's like, well, I'm going to go 80 like I normally do, take this corner. Then we hit some water. I thought it was going to die. Yeah. And Did then you he, die? I though? asked him, I asked him, how are those tires? He's like, yeah, they're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but you're here. David, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. So I didn't you, want my time to be in that car, flipped over, crushed underneath another dead body. Getting wet. What he really wants drowning. to say, and he's not said yet is that he didn't want to be in a car with Seth Thorson he would taking have his him. life breath. <laughs> <laughs> I think we hit that same puddle on the way back. Yeah, way. like right before you got to the hotel. Yes. Like, yeah. And we were riding next to a Mack truck, so it was a little sketchy. Right, right. Nobody died. Were you driving? I, I hear you've I, been the driver. I was with Brian, yeah, but I rode back with a, another guy. We were just talking, have, right. having some life, have, deep yeah. life discussions yeah. yeah i have paul drive me around because i'm a i'm gps illiterate i found out 
Well, you I kinda found knew, out. I kind of knew I was. I warned him from the get-go. As soon as I showed up at his house, he's like, we got to do this, this, and this. I'm like, as long as you're driving, I don't care what we do. Right. And I confirmed he's definitely not DPS. He's DPS challenged like my wife is. Super smart people, both of them. Just right. For whatever reason, the GPS is a little tough. Is is a little tough. Is misleading. And I don't understand. I like, what do you, what does that mean? That means that right turn David. that's coming up, you just turned one street too soon. <laughs> I do that all the or time. One one street too late. Welcome to the right, club. Right. Like but I don't. I, I I blame this. I blame the GPS. It's like it's not telling. It's too slow or too you know fast. What? Telling me to turn or so, whatever. Like so, I would. But, like, my diagnostic brain is, like, I'm the one, like, if other people can use it properly and I can't, maybe it's not the GPS. That's not his brain. I know. I need to know the street name. Like, when I pull up to the street, like, that street is whatever, like, Main Street, turn right on Main Street. I can do that. I, I can't necessarily follow the, like, I can see it visually and I know I have to make a right-hand turn and it's coming up. But I need to know the street name, so I'm on the right street. Otherwise, I'll just turn wherever. Uh, the the uh, you know where I have problems is like the interchanges, like the on ramps and off ramps when yeah. there's like one right after another, up. an A yeah. and a B and a C. Yeah, you should do that. You should do that through Pittsburgh sometimes. Yeah, um, you know that city was built, you know, not to have that kind of traffic originally. Right, and and then we have all these tunnels and bridges and. You'll yeah. come out of you'll come out of a tunnel and you literally have like a, a football field length. You're doing mm-hmm. fifty already to make a decision right. on five different turns. Oh, dude! Yeah, it's pretty. That it's, that yeah, sucks. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah my ride right. down was pretty educational. Um, I found out that a I've been road tripping wrong all my life. It's no matter what the temperature is, AC full blast, heated seat on. Ah, that's, that's wonderful. And is Paul, that how is that how you roll? That's how I roll. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> is, is that to keep you from falling asleep? Uh, no, I just I've I've had a bad back for most of my life, and and the heated seat on my back is wonderful. And it was on the way down, Brian's. We had the air blast, and it was hot. Brian's mm-hmm. like, Paul, your heated seat's on. I'm like, I know. <laughs> that was the whole so point. Then, <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm like, maybe I'll try this. And I was like, this is pretty nice. Right? It's like a good deal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I need stuff to keep me awake because yeah. otherwise I will fall asleep. Yeah. So uh, I am embracing ADOS to keep me from dying on the road somewhere. You know what works? Because I will fall straight You know what asleep. works better than anything? So. Having a cup of ice. Oh, and eat the ice. And eat the ice. You really? cannot fall asleep if you're crunching on it. You just can't. doesn't matter how tired you are. I'm, I'm going to try I'm that. I'm telling you. Uh, it, He's like, got good traveling tactics. He's got this figured out. <laughs> I, I have I have tried. To, I was driving like the biggest U-Haul truck you can rent without getting a, a, a bigger license or you know a different license. The, and I was towing another vehicle behind it. So you can imagine like I'm a little nervous. I want to make sure that you would think that would keep me like alert. No, I was still falling asleep. And so what I did was I turned the AC on at like as cold as it would go. And we're in the winter. As cold as it would go, and I would turn on the loudest music, like some Rage Against the Machine, just as loud as it went, and just wow. And so I had this blasting with it, and I was freezing in there, but I was so uncomfortable that I wasn't falling asleep. Yeah. That's the only thing I found. I think the ice worked. is similar in that. It's just right. like, but that it's makes sense. So it's like distracts cold. your mind yeah. from like, yeah. oh, let's fall asleep now. Yeah. You know, as somebody who spends a good bit of time with you and records podcast with you and sees how easily distracted you are, 
I'm usually the one driving for a reason. <laughs> What's that? No, I don't. I don't necessarily. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Early care is just more that uh, I'm afraid to drive with you because you're scary driving like a psycho. What are you talking about? You drive like a psycho. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a leisurely that. driver. Brian's going pretty 40 aggressive too. I'm pretty aggressive. He's a pretty aggressive driver. Yeah. I, that's just a New York thing. He said he said that y'all both drove slow. You know, and Jeff. I thought we were going slow because we. I mean, we got like over 20 miles per gallon on the way here <laughs> in a one-ton truck. How aggressive were we being? Right. Well, I mean, you know, I had Jeff with me. Jeff wasn't crying. David was crying. I, so clearly, clearly, you're a chicken. Yeah, we had a nice <laughs> nice ride down. Paul tried to adjust the front of my truck across a deer oh one time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> really? Oh, that was the closest I've ever come to hitting a deer on the highway. And you and know was... he really loves that truck. Dude, it's, and it's named Delilah on my Ford app. He and disappeared in front of the bumper, and I was waiting for the thud, thud. Right? It just never happened. Like, and it just he kissed his tail. Like, neither of us could see it for a minute. It disappeared. It was not a mark on the truck. We're doing 75 miles an hour. I, I have told the story on the show before, but I've got a good friend. They were, they were delivering furniture somewhere and one ran down and hit the side of the truck. And the owner of the truck is asleep in the passenger seat. And he's like, you know, I feel the truck stop. I'm waking up trying to figure out what's going on, you know? And he said, as I wake up, he said, I realize the guy that's driving is standing on the shoulder of the road. And he's trying to drag this huge buck out of the middle of the road by himself. And he's like dragging this thing over. And he said, I just happened to like open my eyes as he's standing directly over top of it. And it stands up. Oh, my goodness. And he said, it goes one way. He goes the other oh, way. Oh, yeah, man. You don't get close to him when they're stunned. That's a bad he, idea. He said, man, he said, I backed up the road like a third of a mile to pick him up because he would not stop. That's he's like, he was gone funny. and the deer was gone. That's so, funny. Man. Yeah, dude. This one had the goofy. What's the little movie? It had the antler like on it over the head. Oh. 
until the mic open deer. season. Open season. Ocean. You know the deer with like the jacked up one antler on open yeah. season. This was that deer. Oh, it looked like it. It was just trying to I go ahead and take it before. We like both right? spotted at the same time. No, oh. you spotted. You yeah. pointed him out to me, and before I could even put my foot on the brake, he was in front of the truck. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, dude. And you know how much he loves that pickup. Dude. Like we've heard about this pickup. It, it, for, wouldn't, have been a, was, it wouldn't have been a big deal. I was thankful for anti-lock brakes. <laughs> yeah, Paul did good, man. We didn't. Yeah, it was great. It's fine. I probably would have blasted it. So I was thankful he was driving because I probably would have just hit the thing. Well, I didn't swerve. I mean, I, that's ingrained in my mind. Yeah, like, do I'll, not I swerve. I my elbows and like, so I can't yeah. move the wheel and it's just like right. automatic reaction. There was massive yeah. amounts of tire squeal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the rate at which the truck stopped it was, was actually rather very impressive. impressive. Yeah. That's so Brian, Brian, into the mic. Sorry, David. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know what it is? Man. You notice how close those two are to yeah. their mics, Brian? No, well, Brian's also that close. To it Sorry. I'm here now. He's, yeah. He's still rookie with cameras. And I know, right? And stuff. We're, we're, we're teaching him. He's learning. He's, he's learning. So this is your – you've been to a couple industry events. Yeah. Yes. Brian, you've never been to an industry no, event. No, no, I, I have. I met have I met Paul at one. In person, I met Paul at one. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think that I need to come to more, more often. Right. Yeah. I think on so many different levels, um, recharging your batteries as a field technician. Yeah. Um, and, and just not even the classes even, of course, 100%. We all need training. Right. But just hearing and being around other people in our industry. Yeah. And one in particular that really was impactful for me being here is ASOG. Yeah. And I mean that because my brother needs you guys. Right. right. And I didn't and that realize means more than you know, man. And I didn't realize, you know, we talked about ASOG and what it was, but really until I was here, right. I really didn't know or see right. like what you guys are actually doing. Right. Dude, I'm telling you hundred percent like I am fully on board and backing you guys and helping out however I can because I see that need in yeah. my own family. Yeah, dude. And, and and it's emotional, right? Yeah. Because like that's where I was, right? Yeah. And I told you part of the story that hey, I, the first time I came to this show, yeah. I'd been watching your videos. And I I, I mean, this is going to sound horrible, but you train the untrainable, right? And I want to I mean, I mean that, right? Like I'm, I'm not a guy that would be conventionally looked at in a shop as somebody who could be trained. I'm, I, so many of the technicians you train, he's dumb. You can barely <laughs> read. It's terrible. Me too. You, you, you got, got the cat out of the bag, Lucas. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, they already knew that. You, you've got the language barrier. You've got the you've got the technician who had no experience that couldn't get a job. You've got the guy who who was too old to learn, right? And you've trained them in a way that nobody else has been able to train them. And so that's where my journey started. And so I come into the show, right? And I walk through the door of the show. Bob Pulverini is the executive director at the time. And Bob says, hey, you're Lucas Underwood. And I said, I am. And he said, uh, I see that you're a shop owner, but you're taking technical classes. And I said, I'm going to go train to be the best technician that I can be because I'm going to go get a job because I'm not doing this anymore. And so I, I sat in two classes. And the second one was with Rick White. And Rick said, hey. Like, I know you don't feel like you have time to be here. I know you don't feel like you got money to be here. I know you feel like you're trapped. But I promise if you'll sit and listen to me, I can make you feel better. I can help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that same knowledge that I learned from you about fixing the car, 
I come in and I begin to learn, right? And so then I go join ASOG, and David kind of takes me under his wing. I don't know how the how I got stuck with that, but you know, like I should told you to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Just quit, and I'll be right behind you. We'll go work at the same shop. <laughs> and so, like, let's I, let's clarify something too. ASOG Auto yeah. Shop Owners, Owners Group. Group. So, mm-hmm. so I didn't. I mean, those are things. Yeah. We hear those terms. I didn't really understand what right. it was. So, okay. And so there, there's a, you know, I get in this group. There's like 2,000 people in it at the time. And and so within a year, my life goes from complete hell, right? Like I'm going home. I'm not a dad. I'm going home. I'm not a husband. I'm stressed out. I don't have any money, right? And 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 the, the message has always been ESO, right? On IATN, it was evil shop owner. Right. And, and then it became clear. There's all these people in this group. There's thousands of people in this group who don't have any money, who, who are not being profitable. And everybody's looking at them like they're the problem. And I'm sure there's shop owners who are evil shop owners. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying that the majority. Is that a real more. acronym? Mm-hmm. ESO, really? Yeah. I like that. I've never heard it. Yeah. It's Is a, that like an old IATN thing? Yeah. Like back evil in the shop day? owner. Really? Yeah. And so like. What David and what Dutch and the people in the group did for me took me from where I was struggling to buy food to the point that I had a life again, right? And that's a big deal for that me. That's a big deal. And so, yeah. you know, the, the very first scholarship was Jacob Bunyard. David tried was to he the first one? Uh, I think we took some other people, but it was never considered a scholarship. We took some other people, yeah. I don't... Was it like that was the official one? That was a guy that I just slapped up on my website, right? And yeah. You call you called him Jason. I called um, him Jason, yeah. <laughs> but long, his name. But you know, long story short, we we put out this form and people filled out this form and they said, "Hey, here's the deal. Uh, here's where we're at." And these people get on and they fill out this form. And they said, "We're living in our repair shop, and we're making a decision whether we're going to buy parts." Or whether we're going to buy diapers and food. Right. That's that's crazy. Right. Can you help us? And so David said, hey, let's bring these people. Mm-hmm. And so they come to the event. And it was the craziest thing ever. And, and it was weird seeing the emotional response from either side. Because Jacob sent me a message a year later. And he said, I'm going to quit. And I said, whoa, did we fail? Like, did we mess up? Did we not do a good job? And he said, no. You did the exact opposite of that we're closing with money in our account because of what you guys taught us. We're closing in a way better place. We're able to go and get Mm -hmm. jobs without losing everything. And you taught us that this wasn't for us, that shop ownership wasn't for us. Right. And I mean, you have talked about this a lot, Mm -hmm. Brian. Yeah. How many guys go out and start a shop? I mean, we, we, you talked about it. Yeah. And, and like you start talking through the logistics of it, you start talking through the numbers of it, you start talking about it. Yeah. I realize there's very so much that I am way happier just dealing with cars. Right. And, <laughs> and you'd never realize how much work goes into owning a shop, mm-hmm. but they go start a shop and you turn around and look in five years, man, life can be tough. Yeah. You know, we're all looking at you. We say life can be tough and we just happen to look <laughs> You, I'm you just know? thinking about his melted spark plug wires. I know, right? But I mean, I know. wasn't until you brought it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was. I thought I had the weekend off. I'm always thinking about that and just deal with it on Monday morning. I'm, just, I'm always glad to help you. 
But I mean, seriously, I spent my weekends watching your videos with my kid, watching your videos, right? And like my wife knows your voice and knows who you are. Yeah, I have a lot right. of wives that complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, and, and it, it's powerful the fact that you've been able to reach the people that you've been able to reach yes. and touch the lives that you've been able to touch and, and taking these guys who conventionally were not able to be trained. What do you say to that? I mean, what do you? I mean, this this weekend, that's why I'm so tired, to be honest yeah. with you. It hasn't been the training or, you know, yeah. I didn't drink that much. That much. Well, I, I bought these tickets last night, and they closed the bar before I could even use them. What? So I just gave them out. Paul just said he didn't drink that much, but we were walking through the McDonald's drive But that was just. Well, that was mostly me. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I hear and that. I, and I fell down the hill. I, I heard about that. No, he caught himself. He's pretty freaking agile for a big guy. He's right? spry. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Sasquatch in you. But, yeah. but I, I did grab a tree. <laughs> but no, this, that's why I'm tired. I mean, just talking with everyone and hearing right. stories and, and uh, you know, it's just overwhelming, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I know it's there, but like to experience it in person, I, I have to be honest with you guys. It's partly why I don't come to too many training events because right. I don't really I don't really do well in, in that environment. You know what right. I mean? Like that, that kind of praise. And it, of course it feels good, but then it feels icky at the same time, yeah. you know, cause I'm just, I'm just attacking. Like, well, turn, turn the camera on and you know what I mean? Right. So. And, and you know, that's, what's interesting about it is I think that's why it worked. Right. Is because it was organic. Yeah. It was real. It was never meant to be it wasn't. anything. It was meant to, to help. It was right? meant to make my It wasn't class just better. people putting right. a crown on in front of a mic. And <laughs> yeah. Somebody accused. What did that guy say about us this <laughs> one? But, you know, you in all seriousness, like that's what made it work. Yeah. It was organic. It yeah. was real. Yeah. You know, and. And that's what I continue to try to do, and why, and honestly, why I don't, <clears throat> I don't watch other people's videos for that reason. Because yeah. I, I, when I started this, it was was just going off of what I've done, what I've learned, and I, I just want to continue to do me and yeah, not worry about what everyone else is doing. Even I if, agree. even if they're more successful at doing it, I, it's just not my thing. So right, you and know, I like to keep it that way. Absolutely, and I, I, I get that. And the content's still amazing. When you look back at, at where we're at now from where we've been, where do you think we're going as an industry as a whole? I mean, technology's changing. Stuff's happening like crazy. Yeah, I think um, I think what I'm seeing for the first time probably ever in my life is we're starting to hear that, hey, trade schools aren't so bad Yeah, from the level we needed to hear it from 40 years ago, which right. is – you know, eighth grade, seventh grade, middle school yeah. guidance counselors right. say, saying to their kids, hey, you know, have you considered a trade? I mean, I've never seen that. Right. It's going to take a long time yeah, um, to have the right types of people coming into this field. It isn't just the 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 stragglers and the ones right. that, oh, you know, you should just, you know, don't go to college and. I don't know. I, it just the 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 idea of a trade finally being recognized as a viable option for kids yeah. is going to be a huge help. We a need, true profession. Yeah, we need to have the critical thinkers. We need to have the ones that that can 
can sit in front of a computer screen and learn and read and because we need that every day we're doing that right and so um you know not everyone's cut out to be uh a diagnostic technician but that's okay too we, yeah. we still need guys that abcs whatever we, we really yeah. do we really do um but the field is changing tremendously and, and we're we need a lot more of the guys that are willing to um uh i don't know it, it definitely takes a certain mind mindset you know? well i think so much of that goes back to the instructor Right. Yeah. And let's be real about it. Yeah. And I know it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. But so, for instance, in our local high school, right, you've got you've got an auto repair shop that is a fully functioning auto repair shop in our high school. It is an amazing shop. I mean, you would be hard pressed to find a dealership this nice anywhere in the country. Yeah. It is amazing. Right. And so the previous instructor was a great instructor. But you got to think about the fact that this dude was like ready to retire when when he went in and, and he's an amazing, very smart man listens to the podcast great guy but you know he's had a long career and he comes in as an instructor and and he's on the ramp down and so you know you look at the instructor that's in there now and and seeing that there's a two-year wait list to get into the program yeah right from a program that didn't have anybody in it yeah and and the fact that this dude comes in and he's passionate about it he's fired up about it he's like oh this is so cool this is a great career we want people to see this and see the CTE director come down and mm-hmm. say, wait a minute, you can make $100,000 a year in the automotive field? Mm-hmm. You, you're working on technology like this? Mm-hmm. You've got engineers that come out of this field and go into mm-hmm. That's insane to them, mm-hmm. right? They never thought about that. You look at somebody like Isaac, right? And we talked about this yesterday. Isaac came to this show for the first time as a shop owner. And just a few months later decided, hey, I'm shutting the shop down. What's Isaac doing now? He's easily the most advanced hybrid and electrical trainer in the United States today. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we had the pleasure of being in his class, too. He's a great instructor, man. Dude. Yeah. For real. Was, and he's smart. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. And he Different level of smart. Well, if I see his name, you know, as, as the guy teaching a class, I'm definitely interested. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm just curious, how do we get that passion, you know, especially in the instructors? How do we begin to build passion there? Because you were an instructor. I was, yeah. And and your passion and love for it was conveyed through video to hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Yeah. And I mean, that, I've always loved it. I mean, I think the key, uh, you know, is, and I think I said this to Carm too. I, I did a podcast with Carm yesterday and it was like the key is we don't want people that are going to teach to be burnt out and done. If, if your idea is, well, I'm tired and I'm done and right. I think I'm just going to go teach. Please don't. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Just please don't. Just, right. Just go do something else. You right. Know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. If you're coming into a classroom and you have really a negative aspect or an idea of this field, which I'm is probably, you know, in, in that particular circumstance, maybe it's, you know, rightly so that you feel that yeah. way, but don't bring that into the classroom. That's not the type we need. You, you're a hundred percent right. It, it absolutely starts with an instructor who's excited about the field and who has firsthand experience of how, how he made it work and how exciting it can be. Like that's right. hugely important. Yeah. That's hugely important. I think it's so much of it. Right. Yeah. I think it's so much of it. And I, I think it sets the tone for the student. Hundred percent, right, and and that's that is where we've got to start because 
you know, I think where our deficit starts is in middle school, right? When I started tinkering with cars, I was like nine and 10 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my dad's saying, hey, if you don't put some cars back together, we're not going to have anything to drive anymore, right? Like I'm taking stuff apart out in the, the yard, and I had the opportunity to do that. But society today is taking a lot of that opportunity away, right? Like you're from a farm town, so mm-hmm. that opportunity yep. is still there. But you go sure. into a Raleigh, you go into a Charlotte, they don't even let you pull your car up and take anything apart outside in your yard. They won't let David have chickens. Not not even like a couple. I can't even have a chicken. Yeah, I don't Two. Think, I don't think we can either. So I don't think Man, it's right my toy. <laughs> right in town uh, where I'm at, they, they told one of my friends, they're like, you can... You, and I, he lives in the village, like in town. And they're like, yeah, you can have a couple chickens, whatever. Yeah, you can't have chickens. I can't have chickens. It's my HOA, and they only uh, look at the like, bylaws. Yeah, it's awful. It they look like at the bylaws every ten your years. Area is a next little year, bit more twenty twenty three than my area. What's that? Sounds like that your area has more less government. communist, more authoritarian. Yeah. Hmm. Oh God! Don't get them started on hmm. politics. <laughs> Ain't so bad up there in New York State. Yes, yes, it's awful. It's, it's so awful. I we'll know, compare I tax bills and then we'll talk about it. I breathe a sigh of relief when I pulled into Pennsylvania. I'm like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> so, Brian, yes, we've had some really interesting conversations. What do you think of the show? I thought it was great. Um, I thought the training was. Excellent. I took a couple classes from Justin Morgan. Um, Justin's awesome, too. Yeah, yeah. Dude. First time sitting in a Justin class was today, and he's really sharp. Yeah. Well-spoken. Yeah. Great instructor. Um, yeah. Very sure. excited. You know, I was in the very first class he ever taught. I was in the very first class that Seth let him teach, and Seth was there, like, kind of backing him up. And I'll, I'll never forget, because, like, Seth literally just had to eventually go stand at the back of the class, because Justin was just, like, he nailed it, right? He's fired up. Yeah. When he's teaching. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was great. You know, uh, Paul and I got to take the hands-on, um, the hybrid deal at the mm-hmm. CarQuest Technical Center. And, yeah, it's, it's been top level. So when you, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of your journey. We've, we've been talking a lot over the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and you kind of feeling like, hey, I don't know where I'm supposed to be in all this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it technician? Is it mobile guy? Or do I want to grow to shop owner? Mm-hmm. You've, you've had a whole weekend to hang out with shop owners. You've mm-hmm. seen this from a different perspective. What's your takeaway in that area? Um, I mean, I think I had the idea. I had my mind made up on not being a shop owner m- right. month ago. Right. You know, like, I'm like, mm, this looks like it's way too much work. Yeah. You know, so. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, you talk to some people, you see the kind of equipment that they have access to other than a few select shops. I think I might have it all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we talked okay. about that, right? We yeah. talked about that. Like, you had it in your head one way, yeah. and then we talked for a while, and, like, yeah, yeah, maybe it's like, not so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, when I was sitting on Paul's couch petting his dog, getting paid from my shop for being out of training, I was like, you know what? Cool. This ain't bad. I mean, you're less than what? How many how many shops do we know that pay for training? I mean, in our group, quite a few. But I mean, that's one I of the primary for training. I pay for their training. I pay them to be here. Deadbeats. They're probably not learning anything. Oh man, <laughs> I was getting paid to watch Paul's hockey game. <laughs> I, I I play 
in an over 40 beer league ice hockey and there just happened to be a championship game Tuesday night and Brian was coming in Tuesday night. I didn't know I was playing until Monday night because we right. won Monday night, so we got to play Tuesday night. I'm like, it can't be I'm good like, for your back. I'm like, actually, my back's better. Paul's quite athletic. He actually like laid a guy out <laughs> in a, a no hitting league. He like mean to. his mother. <laughs> I was sitting with Paul's mom. he I didn't mean to. No, I, I laid that guy out, but he was being mouthy earlier. I was sitting with Paul's mom and. Paul's mom is like the sweetest lady ever. And Paul like warned me ahead of time. He goes, listen, he's like, mom, I said, when, don't when talk the puck her. drops, you need to like shut she up. She wants to watch her son okay. play. Don't, don't interrupt her. <laughs> and he was right. Like the puck drop and her purse opens and the notebook comes out and the pen comes out. And she starts taking stats. Yeah. She, she does. She's very serious. Yeah, it's like awesome. The only conversation that we had, is awesome. The only conversation cool. we had was who scored that goal, who assisted the goal. Why did they blow the whistle? And why are they putting Paul in the penalty box? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. Yeah. You ended up in the penalty box. Yeah, yeah it was a great Imagine time. that. But it was fun having Brian there. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, man, but I, gotta, I have to drag you to this game. Like, it was no Unless you want to sit Dude. in my house with my younger two kids, which would be weird. You know, they don't right. know you. You don't know right, them. Right. He, 17 and 14-year-old. And right. Brian, your other right. options, you're coming with me. You know, so that's right. pretty that, cool. was Tuesday, that was Tuesday night. I, I mean, here's the thing, though, is that's the stuff I like about going to training. That's yeah. the stuff I like about getting out and about. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like last week we went to a Rangers game. Yeah. Right. And, I, you know, I will say this. I'm not a big baseball fan. But when the baseball, like, comes rocketing straight down right between you and you're a fat guy and, like, you can't just get up and move, the adrenaline rush is pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, am I going to die here? I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. That's how I feel when I get in the car with you. <laughs> See, the adrenaline I'm rush, making sure your blood's pumping. Yeah, yeah, it, it was but great. The hockey game was exciting. There was like five lead changes, and then we had we had a fire afterward and yeah. hung out and yeah. drank a few beers. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah. Kicking back and talking about life, and right. but that's what you, you know. You mentioned you know being at a ball game from a training event, and that's I think that's half of it that we forget yeah. about. You know, right? Is um, just networking and being with other people and hearing yeah. stories. And, yeah. And getting ideas and, and, and things like that. Like, you learn so much. And I, I really feel like, like my, you know, my batteries are recharged. You know? I think this uh, event really hit it out of the park with networking, too, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, what other events do you go to where they had the activities they had here besides the training? Uh, yeah. it's, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't think it really exists, like, to that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So, there are a few select shows out there that do it well. This one does a really good job. Yeah. Then some of them, it's like, we have a dinner. It's like, okay, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Paul, from your perspective, because you, you've seen this in a different light now, right? Because you, you were tech, mm-hmm. you were instructor, and now you're seeing it from the outside with your brother owning the shop. Mm-hmm. What's your takeaway from that? What, I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday, to be honest with you. Like literally yesterday. Um, just talking with um the president of asog uh scott scott yeah. yeah and then dutch come over uh Sil- silverman silverstein silverstein sorry dutch stein silverstein silverstein stein of beer we'll tell you yeah and just what was offered um in helping you know they heard my brother's story i'm worried for my brother he's just so busy and he's got a lot on his plate and he's got a three-week backlog and you know, he's not making the money that he should be making. And, yeah. and knowing that there's this network of guys like you that are, I didn't even know, you know, right. I, I, I know, you know, 
coming into this, I, I, I knew very, very little. And, um, now after, you know, being at the, um, the, the scholarship dinner, you know, and, and, and then hearing from you guys and then talking to you. And I just didn't realize that that even existed, to be honest with you. I didn't know that there was that kind of support out there. I didn't know that there were coaches that would literally help guys like my brother get to the next level. He's a technician. He's not a, you know, he's, he's a technician at at his core. He's not a professional business owner. And I know there's things that he needs help with. And I, I, guess i'm hesitating a little bit because i don't want to say too yeah, much for my brother right. not like he's in dire need you know like i don't want to make right. it sound like that like he's, of course not he's an excellent human being he's an excellent person he he handles his customers well everyone loves him because of what he does mm-hmm. yeah but at the end of the line if he's not making money mm-hmm. there's a problem well, something needs to be done and he he can use some coaching like so I, right. what you guys do i'm i'm super i'm super excited about it. like from a personal <laughs> level i'm super right. excited about cuz when i go into to work work i go film at his shop right i'm noticing there's a difference yeah in his face in his demeanor it's heavy dude he's like paul i'm done you know he's used those words you know and i'm yeah. i'm worried for my brother yeah. And, and, and you guys have something for my brother. Right. I mean, are you and, kidding me? I didn't, and, I did not, I did not know that that was coming. I didn't. And, and here's the thing is it's not about money for us. It's not about getting paid. It's not about, it's not about somebody getting something out of it. Yeah. Right. It's a group of guys who have been right there before. Yeah. You know, I just talked to somebody on Friday. I've known for 25 years. Right. And dude calls me and he says, Hey, listen, he said, I started this shop. And so he bought the shop, right? And and he said, um, you know me, I've been a technician as long as we've been friends. I said, yep. He worked at the Ford dealership. And he said, I went out and he said, I got a loan to buy the shop and to put some money in the account. And he said, I bought the shop. And he said, I had $50,000 in the account. And he said, I thought by now I'd have $100,000 in the account. And he said, I've got 20000 in the account and it's going down. And I said, okay. He said, listen. He said, I'm really quickly figuring out that because I'm a good technician does not mean I'm a good business owner. Mm-hmm. And he said, I am really stressed out because I don't like I, I can see that it doesn't keep happening like this. It's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to be long until I can't pay my people and I can't pay my family and I can't I can't live the life we're living now. What do I do? And the thing is, is that that I think so many of us go into this thinking if I'm a good technician, I'm going to be a good business owner. Fixing cars is not what the business does, right? And and I remember being in a class at one point, and the instructor said, you cannot be profitable by accident. Being profitable takes work, right? And we get in there, and we're emotional guys, right? We've talked about this in your shop. Yep. We're emotional guys, and so we want to help people. We want to do what's right yep. for them. Yep. And now we're over here, and we're emotionally discounting. And we're not charging what we need to charge, and we're trying to help people. But the one person that we're not helping is ourselves, is our family. And the money that was supposed to send our kids to college paid for that repair for that client. Mm -hmm. And so we think that we keep doing that, and eventually things are just going to work. But if there's never any money, it never works. Like the money never Mm -hmm. starts building. Because you can only fix so many cars. 
And so what we've seen owner after owner after owner do is they get into this situation where I'm working 60 and 70 hours a week. The purpose of an auto repair shop is not to work 100 hours a week fixing cars and fix every single car. You fix every car, you're out of business. Right, and make less money than you did as a tech. Exactly. Well, the difficult decision your brother is going to have to make is, is he willing to upset and run off half of his customers that he has right now? Because what you'll find is that the shop owner chooses being liked over money. I would rather be well-liked by my customer who's unwilling to pay me a price that will allow me to stay in business and staff my shop properly, equip my shop properly, and give me an opportunity to have a retirement that isn't built into the shop or being here till the day I die. I'm unwilling to charge that price because it'll upset that customer and they will not come back. That customer's unwilling to pay you that price. There's a line. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, there's a line. Do you think And you're gonna look at that and he's gonna have to decide it's not the money, it's the security that the money offers. It's the lifestyle and it doesn't have to be opulent, but sure. There's a, there's a level of, I have a nice house, I can provide for my children. I don't agree with the college thing, screw that. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> I can I can not worry about the broken dishwasher. I can just go buy another dishwasher. Yeah, you right. see what I'm saying? I can go on vacation with my family. I can shut the shop down and go to training for my guys to, you know, yeah. bring a little bit of that culture into the shop. You can, the money offers you all those things, right? So the decision then becomes... Or do I value those things more than I do them liking me? These people that I'm not related to them. They don't take care of my kids. You see what I'm saying? They're just, they're just people. Would you, would you say that, that that moment that you're describing, like either income or being liked, that sounds to me like that may only be a moment in time when that garage owner makes that decision because... Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna have a, maybe lose half of his clients, which probably is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Those ones are maybe may not like him anymore, but the clientele that he's gonna get following that moving forward, can't we have both? Do you think we can be liked um, and still charge? Do you know what I mean? I agree with I, you. I think you can be liked, but the the relationship becomes a little bit different. What, what you re- end up realizing is that 80% of those people that liked you were using you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a difficult realization. Personally, you're, he's going to sit down and go, they weren't laughing at my jokes. They just wanted cheaper auto repair. Mm-hmm. You, the only time yeah. they called me is when their ride was busted. Do you know, and I, it, that, that can be upsetting to a lot of people. Sure. You, you know what I'm saying? 100%. Like. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't have any friends. Yeah. They just wanted me because I was doing cheap oil changes for them. Or I was hooking them up with that brake job. You well, know what I'm saying? The dynamic for my brother is slightly different in, in part because of me. We attract all the problem cars. Right. Because we're fixing them. Yeah. And, and so we have a problem in that arena of still not charging enough. Right. Well, and I mean, you're you're providing an extremely elite product at that point. 
And right. that's my brother. He doesn't need me to do it. I'm, I've only compounded the problem by even the local people are watching our videos and they're like, oh. But no. listen to Jim Morton talk about how he used to set up his business. I'm sure you're familiar, right? Of course. He used to say, it's a minimum X charge. You have to fill out this sheet. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, And I think he used to say like $325. But it was like. In the days when they were charging 50 bucks an hour to do diag, he was charging minimum. It's like minimum six hours of diag time at this rate. Otherwise, I'm not touching your car because I know that the reason you're here is because everybody else is yep. unwilling to touch this car. And I can fix it. I know I can. And therefore, and he had them lined up. But that's not even the issue. It's, it's I'm just telling you, like, I, I see... I see nice guy shop owners all the time. And I'm not saying you have to be an a-hole, but there has to be there the has boundary. to be boundaries yeah. is a great way to put it. Yeah. And and you have to compartmentalize a portion of it in your head. And I'm telling you, like to the to this day I struggle with it. To this day I struggle with it. That makes sense. And it's it's extremely difficult. And I, I would say a large portion of nice guy shop owners don't ever make the switch they continue to struggle and choose feeling as though they're liked versus bringing home a, a good amount of money you see yeah, what i'm saying i do and so it i'm just I think you're describing the situation very well you, you see it over and over and over again so yeah. i'm just i'm just yeah. warning you he's because if he says he's done it's not that he can't do it it's that he has made the choice that I don't want to charge the little lady down the street who has the clapped out Buick. It's a $600 brake job. I don't care that she's a little old lady. She's living on social security. She's got to feed her cats. She's not going to have enough food. It's like, it's a $600 brake job. And you feel for the lady. You do. You feel bad for her and you want to help her. You do. But it's always a story. And you have to decide, like everybody's everybody has a story, has a story. And, and you have to go, and, and you have to go. Okay, look, I really want to help you out, and so let's figure out a way for you to pay for this six hundred dollar brake job. The price doesn't change. I have, I'm taking on certain risk. I have to do this properly. I have to buy these correct parts. I have to pay my technicians. They don't want to discount their paycheck because I feel bad for this little old lady, and so. What do you have to do? And and I'm telling you, like the nice guy shop owner, what, what do they do? Well, I think that's well, it's just one time. That's where you guys come in, and just exactly what you're describing. Uh, I'm thinking about the way my brother would look at it, and he's probably not connecting those dots. Yeah, and, and I don't and think we needs, do. And he needs to hear these things so yeah. he can connect those dots. Yeah. And I think that uh, that's what I see with ASOG. I, I really yeah. do in the... Well, we try. The, well, but like I, you were saying, it's a it's a one-time decision. And I disagree with that because yeah, for sure. it's like... I, it was just a thought. I didn't... No, no, yeah, but, yeah. but I think he... I think you're reflecting what a lot of people would think. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to bunk... It's more like weight loss. I fluctuate my weight like wildly sometimes. And weight loss isn't like just a one-time decision. It's a, if you guys have never had to, it is is a, every time you sit down to eat, 
I'm making a choice to not eat a mound of carrot cake. I am instead going to make smart choices for this meal, this moment. Every single time you're like, you know, I could really, I could really use a snack. Choosing, I'm not going to eat the snack because I'm really not hungry. I'm just bored or I'm not really hungry. I'm thirsty or I'm not really hungry. Like I need some more potassium in my diet. You see what I'm saying? That's an excellent comparison. Like I know that's why I'm making it. That's not the point. My my point is it's, it is a daily decision. Yeah. That this lady doesn't really care about this little sweet little lady and she's so cute and you're like, oh, I can't. She's somebody's grandma and she needs to take the grandkids to school and because the, you know, and there's always a story and you're like, at the end of the day, she doesn't care. She doesn't care that, hey, I'm going to discount this $200 and so I'm going to struggle to pay my technician at the end of the week and then the taxes may not get paid on time and I'm therefore going to starve my kids of something, some opportunity, some this, that, and the other. She doesn't really care. Maybe you won't have enough to pay your technician too, you know? Well, yeah. You're ready like, to hire and another the, guy and you can't afford to hire another guy. And you exactly. have three weeks backlogged on yeah. work because why every single one of those jobs got discounted Discounted, 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 and that could have paid for one more extra technician to turn that three week backlog into two to three yeah. days. Yeah, and we 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 see 100%. one of the things we hear is that everybody says I'm two or three weeks out, and they use that as a measure of success. Yeah, right. That is absurd, and and so unless what, you're completely capped on space, right? And and one of the things that we Sometimes hear, happens. Yeah, yeah, we are <laughs> capped know, on space. Yeah. Well, and, and so one of the things that we always hear is, is hey, I'm three weeks out. So the, the narrative has changed in, in ASOG now. If you're three weeks out, you're not charging enough, right? And so I don't want to know what you guys charge, right? But I want to point something out. My little shop in Blown Rock, North Carolina, will tell clients when they come in, they bring me a, a 6'4", mm-hmm. and it's got an issue, right? It's $600. It starts at $600. Now, look. Kim and Brian Walker are teaching a class right now over here, and they're talking about something called no like, and trust. And they're talking about marketing. And they're talking about organic marketing through video and through all of these other avenues. And what you have effectively done is created the best marketing strategy that could ever be created for your brother. And there's millions of shops all around that would love to have the opportunity that yeah, you guys have. Yeah. They would kill for the opportunity you have. Now it's time to implement the system on the backside. It is time. That says, hey, we've created an elite shop. We have created a shop that there there is no other shop that could even remotely compare to what we're doing here anywhere in the United States today. And we have created the best marketing marketing strategy that's ever been created for a repair shop. And I'm not I'm not doing that to inflate your head. I'm telling you that's what it is. Right, like people strive Even if to accomplish. That's what ended up happening, and so now, like the the price has to shift accordingly. Right, it, it I mean, you, you're you're a shop that should be charging fifteen hundred dollars a visit. Yeah, if for no other reason, if for no other reason, like you have to maintain your sanity. You see what I'm saying? I do. And, and, and so for for your brother, I do. And you just doing your thing. Now his shop is flooded. And he needs to he needs to sort of like draw the line and say, look, we can't continue to do this at a discount. So now if all of a sudden I double all my prices, again, you're going to lose half those customers. The people that are willing 
to pay the price, they're going to get that elite level of diagnostic care. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I now, I've shared with Paul, and I just want to make sure I'm not misquoting it. I'm sure you guys know better than I do. When you do that, somewhere along the line, I've heard they say that the bottom 50% of those people is only responsible for 5% of your revenue. Is that, am I quoting that correctly? I don't know who said that. I think uh, Austin sounds like a really smart guy. I don't know. It might have been this guy named David Roman. Oh, no, 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 no. You know who taught, who taught me that? The traffic and funnels guy. Oh, really? Yeah, those guys. So they they have have all, I, they I have am saying shtick. it correctly because yeah. it, sounds, it sounds outlandish when you say it. Right. No, but, but that's it, how the numbers end up you, working out. Like yeah, that. if you go look and at the average repair you've orders, seen that. visits per year. You've seen that? Absolutely. Yeah. If you go through my numbers, I look, I heard it. The traffic and funnels guys, so the, yep. those are the guys that consult the consultants, right? And and they'll and they'll tell you, hey, bottom bottom half of your customers are only representing five percent of your profit. Fifty percent of your half of your mm-hmm. bottom half of your customers only represent five percent of your profit. That's horrible. That's how the numbers work out. And I'm like, that can't be true. So I took my entire, my entire database and I looked at the numbers that the bottom half were generating and the average ARO was like $182. And my profit, my, my GP, my gross Mm -hmm. profit numbers Mm -hmm. was under 50%. And I'm looking at it and the average number of visits was like 1.2 amongst all of them. And I'm like, this is like, I can lose all of these customers, half of my customers, and I wouldn't even notice it from a from a money standpoint. from a number standpoint. Yeah, I wouldn't. At even the end of the it. day, what's it, in the account? You would it would be a very a small blip, blip on the radar. It'd, it'd he, be a, a slightly yeah, bad I just, month. Because I told Paul that, and he he wanted me to send it to him, and I I just wanted to make sure well, before he shared that set in stone that I was quoting that correct. That's it. Well, and <laughs> and I want to point something out. So, have you ever been to a, like a high end barber shop? Uh, it's <laughs> been a while. <laughs> no, no, same with David. Yeah. Real nice. Why, why, why would you bring that up, <laughs> you poor fellas? Uh, but but here's the thing. So I will take my team to a high end barber shop. Yeah. For one reason. To they experience all very it. hairy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> to experience it, right? Because they they specialize in experience, not a haircut. Okay, and so that's what I want to do with my shop. I want to create an experience that's like no other. Okay, and so what you will find is they have different options. I can put you on a website right now and let you see a schedule for one in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they have a regular stylist barber, whatever you want to call them, and then they have their master. Right. And the master is the one who is teaching everyone else and you can get an appointment with them. Okay, Mm -hmm. if you get an appointment with a master barber in one of these facilities, you're talking about a minimum of three hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, now we're fixing their cars and we're talking about average repair orders of three hundred and four hundred dollars. You're and they're paying three hundred dollars. Yeah. We're talking about a haircut, and, but, and they do know, eight that, of them if, a day. It doesn't need to be like it doesn't need to be elitist. It, it doesn't. I th- I, that's like one thing I struggle with in my shop, like because you you look at and you look at a, a shop like Seth, like and, or Brian uh, Blair down in, mm-hmm. in Texas. Right? These are beautiful facilities. Beautiful facilities. The, the floor is a certain way and the decor mm-hmm. and they yeah. bring in this, like they bring consultants in and stuff like that and they so they're, they're charging a premium and so you're like okay that makes when i walk into a facility like that and they've got the 
the barista working in the corner. It's yeah. like, what kind of automotive repair yeah. shop has a barista? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my there's shop no, there. There's like, no you desk. Know. There's just a bunch of stand-up tables yeah. and iPads. And, that right. will never be my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I mean, does he have in the, coffee in the mind in the mind of the the nice guy shop owner? They think that for me to double my labor rate and start marking up my parts appropriately, that's what I need. Yeah. And I yeah. don't have that. Therefore, they tie the two together. Therefore, and and the magazines and the websites and all that stuff they push that narrative. Like you've got to have all this the garbage amenities. I call them Taj Mahal shops. Like you have to have this in order for you to charge appropriately. And I am so against that. I'm glad you say that because it feels unattainable. Unknowing my brother. It feels unattainable. So so what do you need to have? It needs to be clean, well lit. That's it. And, and, and do decent typically, work. It, well, hold on. I'm not talking about the work because a lot of times these shops are like just they're old. They look old. They feel old. They're dingy, usually not well lit because, you know, they don't notice the 17 lights that are out. And so they're, it, that's the way it looks. I'm sorry. What was it? I got to pee and I can't concentrate. <laughs> It's bad. <laughs> David has ADD. Did you know that? I don't know if you noticed this. There are squishy toys all around the table for him to. I, I was going to ask you to hand me one because I'm the same way. I, if I'm, yeah. If there you, you go. You start fidgeting. Um, and, and so it doesn't. A lot of shops make that connection. They like they. I have to have it look like this. And. and at, but these are normally shops that are doing good work. Mm-hmm. They're just dingy. And then the price doesn't match what they should be charging or the quality of their work. Because I guarantee you a good portion of those Taj Mahal shops are doing garbage work. Yep. yep. They're hiring cheap labor or like lowest level of competency that we need in order for me to hit just a certain percentage of warranty rate coming back in the door. That customer area, that money has to come from somewhere. And if they're charging, you know. They're charging appropriately to pay for all that. But at the same time, like they want to hit certain metrics. And so, yeah, they're they're willing to hire the slightly less skilled person. And the quality of work only has to be, uh, only needs to meet a certain threshold because it becomes just a number. But you have shops that take pride in their work, and they, I mean, to the nth degree where they're doing these small little details. But the reason they don't charge is because they think they need to have the Taj Mahal shop, and that's not the case. You can jack up your prices because of the quality of the work, but the presentation, the presentation in the, in the, the communication of the value being provided has to be clear and has to be communicated confidently. Yeah. And if you can do that, whatever that happens to be, like for me, it's a lot of transparency. I take a lot of pictures. So when you come to me and I tell you a story about your car through pictures and some phrases in there, but a lot of pictures, you're going to be able to know the condition of your vehicle, what your vehicle needs and why, where everybody else around me is just going to tell you, you're just going to have to trust them. You know, that comes with a price and the price happens to be within 10% of the most expensive dealership in town. Do I look like the most expensive dealership in town? Absolutely not. You walk into the most expensive dealership in town and they have a, a huge machine that makes Starbucks coffee and they dispense 
they have snacks and they have the big cushy chairs and 45 TVs going all at once. Like, all oh, that looks nice. Me, I've got like four little chairs in the front lobby. It's well lit. It's clean. I have a cleaning lady that comes once a week to clean up the, the front lobby. But it's nothing fancy at all. So what am I? So what do I have to do in order to still be able to charge appropriately and have really good technicians that are all paid very well mm-hmm. and still be able to shut down my shop and come here? And how do I make that all work? Well, I, again, it's a tra- it's a communication of the value I'm providing. And I'm telling you to you confidently because I believe it to my core. Yeah. Yeah. And I, therefore, the commu- the customer goes, okay, I'm willing to pay for that. Because I want to know that if I go down to the dealership, they're going to charge me almost the same price mm-hmm. within 10%. Mm-hmm. They're going to charge me almost the same price, but they're going to hand me some generic report. And I'm going to have to believe that that service advisor is telling me the truth. Where this go, I go to this little rinky-dink shop and they're going to... They're going to show me pictures of my pictures, vehicle videos, with explanations, videos, you know, measurements yes. made yes. Like with the ruler in, or the tread depth gauge. Uh, and the, or, however, yes. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> makes it makes a lot of sense. And and here's the thing is you've already you're already there, right? The, you're, with you're, the product. Yeah, the you're already there with already the product. There. Yeah, you're already there with the marketing. You've already you've already handled the hardest part of all of this, right? You've handled the worst part that everybody fights with. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Right? You've already won the battle. Yeah. Now you just gotta put the pieces in place. Yeah. For sure. I I, I think it's great, man. Seriously. I just hope my brother listens. Well I and and I don't know that he'll ever hear this, but if he's listening right now, I would, I just want to be clear that all the stuff we're talking about, he did it. It yeah. wasn't me. You know what right. I mean? My videos and all that, that just added to it. Of course. I, I want to say, like, he was known in our area, in our community, yeah. before I ever even turned the camera and, on at his shop. And I know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know that from the outside yeah. looking in. Yeah. Right? I know that. Yeah. Because I, I heard you talk about it. Yeah. He built this, not me. Right. I just want to make sure that that's clear. Absolutely. I and only just aggravated the situation. Right, right. <laughs> you got the popularity yeah, that yeah. that showed what it was. Yeah. And and so here's the thing, because I mean you've said more than once that he was your greatest mentor. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so now I think the key is is to find him his greatest mentor in these guys. Yeah, I want to help him. Who want to help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so I I don't you know and that that's what's unique about like the mastermind the guys you talked to last night yeah right this is a group of shop owners yeah who like uh oh I'm gonna lose it all yeah right like I have bet the farm and I'm about to lose it yeah and so let me figure out how to fix this yeah they fix their own shops yeah we we said at dinner the other guys are volunteers too yeah Yeah. I mean if that doesn't tell you right there right. An organization they're, that they're that, passionate yeah. about we, helping people. We we said at dinner the other night, and and somebody said, "Why would you do this? What do you get out of this?" And Mark Perkins, who I made the president of the mastermind group, said, "Because I don't ever want anybody to feel like I felt." I mean, that's you know, that's an organization I can get behind, one hundred percent. And that's why I'm glad that um, you asked us to to come now right. now after not before right you know yeah and yeah. and i know you know I, I mean it's just amazing to see what these guys are doing and it what is. you're what you're doing with it 
you know? Well, I'm, I'm honored you feel that way. Um, and I, I feel that way about your content, right? Because that's what it did for me. Right. And, and I mean that when I say that, like I, you, if you listen to the episode, you'll hear me say it multiple times. I'm not just saying it because you're here. Thanks, Lucas. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Well, I know your name for sure. <laughs> you know, there's a right. few of my online students that I'll right. learn their names over a few right. years because I see their following. Right. Yeah. Lucas Underwood. Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Lucas right. Luke. Oh, I know. I know you, Lucas. Right. I, I do know you before yeah. we ever even met. Exactly. And I mean, but that was, I, that's props to you. Well, I appreciate that. I mean man. that because not everybody takes it. You know, yeah. some people it's just, okay, that's cool. And, right. And, but and there's a few out. that do. Yeah. And the ones that do, it's amazing to see what they're doing with it. Yeah. You were one of them. Yeah. It changed my life, man. I mean that. It, it really you did. Were, I'm just saying, I'm deflecting right back to you again. This, you were ever bit a part of that because it doesn't work for everyone. Right. You know? Well. This isn't the recipe to change your life here. Press play. Right. It takes work. It does. Dedication. It does. It takes interest. sitting. It takes sitting there with your four-year-old in the floor with a scanner danner book spread out. That's correct. Drawing wiring diagrams. Because you want it. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it, it's not enough to just be halfway there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we feel the same way about shop owners. Yeah. Right. It's not just enough to be halfway there. You know, um, Cassandra, who was at the um, dinner last night, the turn you back up. She was at the dinner, and a couple months ago, a good friend of mine reached out, and they said, we need your help. And I said, okay. They said, we've got somebody who can't pay their parts bill, and it's been a while now, and they're paying for parts when they get parts, and they've got, is it two or three predatory loans? They had two, I think. Right. I mean, aggressive, like 50 and 60% interest, right? No, it was more than that. Was uh, it? The, the, what they charge is, is insane. They were making the payments, too. They weren't printing the parts bill, but they were making the loan payment. And and man, they they the 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 husband's throwing wrenches at people when they come through the door because yeah. he's stressed to the max, right? The and max. they're fighting, and the marriage is falling apart, and the kids are seeing it, and the kids are in the shop every day. Mm. And so, um, I reached out to David and Dutch. David called him and and talked to him a little bit, and kind of talked him through some stuff. And then Dutch went and spent a whole day at the shop, gave them some homework, but it was overwhelming, right? Like fixing your business is not easy. It's hard. We've talked about this. Yeah. Right. We've talked about some of the numbers in your shop and like where it's at, you know? And so, um, Mark Perkins, the president of the mastermind got him on the phone and said, listen, if you don't do something, you can say whatever you want in three weeks to a month, you're going to be out of business. And then you got a major problem because you don't have a revenue stream to fix this. You bet all of everything you've got on this. Not only are you going to destroy your credit, but you're going to be in trouble. There's no solution that does not involve money. You have to make money to fix this. you got to listen to me, right? Well, the predatory loans are paid off. Parts bills paid down. They're successful. They went from working seven days a week to five days a week. They brought their team here and paid for their team to come here. That's did she, did she awesome. abandon the, I'm going to be a, yeah. I, you know, I don't know, but I know that she is happy being a service writer now. She was ready to get out of the business. She thought the way she was going to save was it. She training to get out of the business. She was right. going to night school so she could get a job that would then pay the house bills because she didn't see an end to the, to the shop a, situation. What an amazing story. And I, I tell you what, guys, like, honestly, whatever I can do to bring awareness 
um, I, I'll do it. I, I, I'm 100%. I see the vision. I see what you guys are doing. And I'm on board, man. Well, we appreciate that more than you know. Um, and hopefully maybe next year we can bring some technicians and set up something so they have a, a pathway. We brought one this year. We had some extra money from the from the scholarships. And I, I can't stress this enough. Like, It's not easy calling companies and begging for money. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I don't like asking people for money mm-hmm. unless it's Lucas. And... <laughs> And so I don't, um, it's not easy to do that. And we got a lot of no's for what we're trying to do last night. You saw what we we tried to do, right? You guys were there. We got a lot of no's. And no's for like, I mean, there were like business decisions. You could tell. But then you see some of the other stuff that they're sponsoring. And you're like, that's where you decided to put your money in. It's not, it wasn't, it, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I know you didn't want me to say anything political, but it's when the, it's when the politician like comes out and like, I'm for the people, but then the, the tax cut, the tax cut like doesn't help like the average, you know, taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I understand it's like something like 50% of, taxpayers don't actually end up paying tax or whatever but i'm saying like the average taxpayer and like this the i'm sorry i know i'm going on tangent but there was a there was, we had a tax cut here recently and when the tax cut came through i do my own payroll when the tax cut came through all of a sudden the payroll changed and it wasn't a lot but there was there was a legit tax cut i'm now paying you more money your paycheck changed Again, it wasn't life changing money, but that you could, there was a difference. I'd never seen that before. That there wasn't, there was a specific difference between what I was paying you before. New law comes in and I'm paying you more money because they cut the taxes back on like average working Americans. And so every politician comes in and speaks like, oh, we're going to help the people and stuff, but they never do. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see that sometimes in vendors like, oh, yeah, we want to help the average so and so. But they don't put their money where their mouth is. And I, I can't stress people enough. Like, l- be careful who you do business with. Mm-hmm. Because there are some that are, like, genuine. They care. And they put the money up. Big money. They put mm-hmm. the money up. Yep. They give yep. away free stuff. Like, the shop marketing pros people, I, I cannot speak. I don't use them. They're not, they're not one of my customers or my vendors. But I cannot speak highly enough of them. Because... What they give away? They a, gave a, away a website. A they, website. Saw, they saw one of the scholarship yeah, winners didn't have a website, night. and they like, gave. We didn't tell a, them. They didn't tell us they were going to do that. We didn't ask them to do that. We didn't. You know, that that was them doing it of their own volition, because they wanted to help. They saw the need for it, and they're like, you know, what can we do to help the situation? And we've had we've had like shop management companies give away, yeah, um, free shop management for a little while. Yeah. Rick Rick White. Yeah, he's uh, given away, away coaching for a year, wasn't it? Yeah, so he's given away. He's given all of them six months of free Is coaching. Really? Yeah, this year he's nuts. Anyway, so <laughs> but you see these these guys like they step in and when they say like we want to help, they like they mean it. Yeah, and some companies are just you know they don't, they're whatever they don't care. Yeah, and, and like say what you want about Dorman. We give Dorman a lot of crap, 
That's even even Matthew Skunrick says that he goes. You can say what you want about Dorman, but they dump money into every training event across yeah. the country. They've started to. doing that. Like this was a you talked to Lester, and he says like 2019 the shift was like we really need to make a shift towards training and and helping yeah. this that and the other. But like you get a contact like him, and he's and he told me he's like he's like we want to do more. This is all I could get approved right now. But this is a big company, right? Would I told him, it's like, your corporate overlords didn't let you have any more. He's like, no, no, no. He laughed. But he's like, we want to do more, and hopefully this will this will be a jumping off point. We were getting BS answers from the vendors. I guess just be be, be careful. <laughs> what was I, I going with all this? I have no idea. I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I, well, I I had mentioned I'm supporting you, and that's, that's where we went with that. So I, I'm not I'm not going to be a big money contributor. <laughs> no, 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 no. We didn't like, mean it. I we, know that. Like, I know that. Yeah. I'm just playing. You've already I supported us. Already. But I want to even more. So, I, I mean, that was that was what led to that conversation. Is well, so he stays on track. I want to support you. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay attention to Somebody's got to pay attention. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and we appreciate that more than you know, but, but know that you've already supported us. You've already supported our industry. We, we, we've been telling people in ASOG for years to sign up for premium and put their technicians to it, right? What, what, what is our measure of a good technician? If they've signed up for premium. Yeah. They're I on mean, their that, own. we mean that, right? Yeah. Like that. Lucas told me somebody shows up to his shop with the scanner Danner book. Like, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's enough for me. Right, because it shows they've invested in themselves. Yeah, yeah. right. If if they, they'll yeah. take them, and that, that's a pretty easy measure whether you're going to hire somebody or not. Saying, "Hey, I've yep. been in the program for you know eight months or whatever, and I paid for it out of my own pocket because the last shop I was at wouldn't pay for it." I hired a guy off that. I'm not kidding. We found each other on Facebook. It's no joke. I'm not just telling you this to tell you this, but you go ask him. He uh, he was working at a shop. It's a, like a skeezy flat rate shop that was just pumping cars through there. They were doing fourteen ninety nine oil changes at one point. They've since changed that. They've closed a bunch of locations, but whatever. And, you know, he was just pumping out work, but he wanted to learn the diagnostic side. Like, he's like, we shouldn't be just swapping parts out, right? You're, you're detecting. And he goes, and he, he we met on Facebook just by happen chance. It was on one of my ads, and these two guys were talking. And <laughs> I start making my stupid comments. And he thought it was funny that I was making these stupid comments. His brain was making these stupid comments. And so he messages me, and he comes in. And, like, he's a nice guy, articulate this, that, and the other. But then he tells me, he's like, oh, yeah, it's like Scandard Anders. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in this program. I've been in there for a while now. And he's like, I learned a ton on there. I mean, that's an easy. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm hiring you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, guys. I really appreciate Super that. Super easy. I, I don't have all the answers, but I have I have the foundation for the new guy to, like, yeah. take the next step. And yeah, then have something to build on and grow on. And yeah. then, and then you know, continued training, of course, places like this and, right. uh, you know, is needed. You know, I don't have all the answers. But I, I do have something that if someone wants it and they want to learn it, it's yeah. a good foundation. I can help them. Absolutely. And it, it's helped a lot of people. I appreciate saying that. I appreciate yeah. that. It, it means a lot to us, too. It means a lot that you're here, right? We, we're we honored to have you here because, I mean, that's that important to us. we got to thank so. Brian for that because he, he sucked me in. I know, right? He's like, Paul, I'm going to come down and pick you up and we're going to go. I was like, right. that sounds okay. I think I can yeah. do that. Well, he's a big guy. That's why we <laughs> made sure we sent him. <laughs> when, when yeah. Brian and I met just real quick and then yeah. we're going to go. All right. Brian and I met at... Uh, the training event and you know like when I come here to these types of things I'm in my own peer group and so I'm, yeah you know kind of like the celebrity and it's weird and 
it's right. mor- it's morning. We're in the lobby of this place, and I just want to get to the coffee pot on the other side of the room, and I can't right. I can't get there. Right. And and I'm with Matthew Scundrich, and I know Matt. And right. I, that's when I met Brian, and I looked at Brian. And I'm like, would would you would you um, clear? Like, can I walk behind? <laughs> <you>? <laughs> This true story. I was, I was like this my fifty pounds heavier at the time too, so Brian. I was even larger than I, I am said, right now. Just please walk that way. I'll walk behind you, and I'm good with talking with everyone. I just needed my morning coffee, and I could yeah. I just couldn't get. There. It, I remember it was so, like a long haul. It was like it yeah. was very far away. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> so I kind of tucked. Crazy. I was wearing a hat. I think I tucked my hat down. Yeah. And I walked with my head down behind Brian to the coffee pot. Oh, that is awesome. That's my first. That's that's my (laughs) meeting Brian. And then and now Brian shoots some uh, videos for me on yeah on the diesel stuff. Doing some diesel stuff for me. So how cool is that? That's so awesome. And then somehow we all ended up stuck with Jeff Compton. I don't know what in the world we were doing there. Right? (laughs) Like following you. What's Jeff it? Compton, he's awesome to bring too. He's a hoot, isn't he? He's a hoot for sure. He's, he's a hoot. He, we recorded an episode a little bit earlier. Y'all are going to have to watch it. I'm it's, looking forward to it. Jeff was one that bailed me out in my RV with a blown brake. Uh, oh, brake chamber. chamber. Yeah, I don't know these things. Like, <laughs> right? like, and if you do the do? wrong thing, it will Man, kill he, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he answered the call like immediately. I posted something on Facebook. I'm like, I'm legit. Right. I'm legit stuck at this campsite. I don't know what to do. There's right. air coming out of this hole. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> right. And Jeff was the one. Your, that your RV has been a real saga. I, I mean, oh yeah. I did learned. you get video footage of all this stuff? Yeah. Do you have, yeah. you have it all recorded? Yeah. Because yeah. I think I've been on the phone with you twice. Yeah. Three yeah. times. Brian three was times. was a big part of that too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, so I I I will brag on Jeff a little bit. Years ago, when uh, when it there were a couple automotive tech groups on Facebook, right? Right. When I started watching your stuff, there wasn't a big group at that point in time. And so, uh, it was Bill Marino, um, his wife and, uh, David Greenwood, Jeff Compton and somebody else. And so that's when I started fixing my business. Right. And I kept hearing Jeff say like, Hey, technicians are treated really shitty. Like they're not paid appropriately. They're treated like grease monkeys. You know, and he he was very loud and very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And so I've always followed a lot of what Jeff said and said, I don't want to be that in my shop. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I will give up the money. I'll give up everything else to make sure that we treat people right, because I want that to be the premise of what we do. Yeah. Right. And so Jeff has been so instrumental in who I've become. Yeah. Based on his message of like, hey, from where you sit, you can't see. Yeah. what i see yeah right so huge shout out to jeff absolutely guys thank you so much for being here hey thanks for having thank us man absolutely for thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode of the asog podcast before i let you go i need to ask you a question are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country if you doubt that you are why are you making your life harder shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.